Hi, everybody. My name is Spencer Ehrenfeld, and welcome to the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. With me, as always, from a remote, undisclosed location is my co-host and executive producer, Nori. How are you, Nori? I'm good. Hi, everybody. So you're, you're quarantining from the quarantine. I am. Well, I hope you're having fun and you're being safe, and thank you for joining us remotely. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Uh, why don't you tell everybody who we have? Today we have Scott Rogers, who's a UN law professor, and he's going to talk with us about what being a law professor is like during this crazy time. And, and mindfulness, which, you know, in, it, I don't think there's been a crazier time that I can remember ever than what is happening to all of us right now. So what a perfect time to have you, Professor. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you. You both. Professor, I woke up this morning thinking about what's happening in the world and thinking about having you on our podcast. What can you share with us uh, in this chaotic time that might make life easier for those who are listening to this podcast? Well, I think that everyone does have uh, their own wisdom and insight, you know, that this too shall pass. Uh, we don't know what that will look like as it as it happens and on the other side of it, so to speak. There's really not another side. It's a continuation of life unfolding. But this abiding sense that um, we we survive these things as, as human beings and we learn and we grow from it. So to remember that, to look back on and reflect at this moment even on things that we're grateful for, there's a great deal of value in turning our attention towards things that can serve us well emotionally, that can fill us with optimism and appreciation. Of course, there's practices, meditative and mindfulness practices, and a whole sort of uh, range of things that we can do for our well-being, exercise, sleep, etc. So there's much there to be said. Uh, and to, you know, be together as we are here, uh, finding a way to talk about and to share our thoughts and feelings, our concerns, our, our hopes and wishes, because it's the coming together of us as human beings, as society, that can make all the difference. Well, thank you. Professor, you're considered to probably be one of the foremost experts in the world on mindfulness and the practice of law. Um, could you tell us what that means? What is mindfulness and how, and how does it apply to the practice of law? Well, mindfulness is uh, different people will have different ways of articulating it. The way that I relate to it is it's a really, it's a fundamental way of being in this world where the natural skills and gifts that we have been born with and that we develop, especially when we are on top of our experience and we're showing up for life as it is and where we've been fortunate to have life modeled for us and challenging situations modeled for us by people who have been very grounded and present themselves and or we have gone through the fire and we have emerged a more learned and expert to be able to be present for life without filter, without reinterpreting, without narrating, without trying to turn it into something that it's not, which is a, an act of courage. Mindfulness is, it doesn't require any mindfulness practice, uh, is being present for life as it is, being open and receptive and, and wanting to, and being able to move into the moments when we might otherwise want to turn away from them, or if there's something to turn away from because it's not a safe place, 
uh, to be able to have the wisdom and, and compassion to know that too. So mindfulness is being aware, it's being engaged, it's being present, it's being open, it's being receptive. It's all the things that human beings know fundamentally are what, what are most fulfilling and service all well. Mindfulness practices, and so when you talk about mindfulness and law, I mean, the law is all about creating a world where we can be more mindfully present and connected. Mindfulness practices and other meditative practices and things that we can do can help us more fully embody those qualities without having to try so hard. Well, when we told people that you were honoring us with uh, being a guest today, we got some questions. One of them is actually a UM student who had just moved over the weekend to downtown Miami. And he was sending pictures from the balcony of his brand new apartment uh, downstairs in it. It looks like a war. It looked like something that you would see like in uh, Iraq or something down there. This, the tear gas and the, and the police and the, and, and the chaos. And he was afraid and felt helpless to control anything, including how he himself felt. <clears throat> what advice would you have for that young man? Uh, mm -hmm given that he is now in the epicenter, uh, inadvertently, of, of this chaos? Well, that's a complex question because there's so many moving parts and there's so many considerations. And it's one thing to want to find a way to be in balance and harmony with what's taking place when what's taking place has a, a ready-made way to find oneself more self-assured, confident, um, at ease in situations like you're describing, which of course are upon us in a significant way now as much, if not more than ever, certainly more salient and palpable than they've been in the last several months, but they, it keeps popping up these serious social concerns. Um, you know, the, this is where a practice can be very helpful. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. If, if one is looking outside their window and feeling uh, an unease and they want to stay in their place, then the question is, okay, with that decision made to stay in their place, how can they not have stories uh, spinning off of worst case scenarios and bemoaning and regretting things that may or may not come to pass and may or may not be pertinent at that time? So often it's the thoughts we have and the feelings that accompany them. And of course, you're talking about a situation that is filled with feelings, feelings and thoughts and uncertainties and, and, and layers and layers of societal pain and suffering. Uh, it's, well, how can I be steady in this moment where I am? If one's also making a decision, well, do I go out and participate? Do I engage? Where is their safety? Where is their danger? Where do I want to show up? Where do I, where do I want to be? And how do I want to be in, in alignment with my values and what's important to me? Well, then one wants to find a way to be steady so they can make and see clearly and be less agitated so they can make those decisions in a responsive and not in a reactive way. So you're speaking to a situation that not unlike the practice of law in different forms, the conflict, the agitation, the different perspectives, the everyone thinking that they're right or they've got a perspective that needs to be embraced by others. And how do you resolve that, uh, especially when there's danger involved physically as well as emotionally as well as spiritually as well as all the ways that that this is a, a tricky and challenging situation then for that student for many people like that i would say well first let's find a way to be a little bit more okay and at ease given that probably before we were even aware of it 
we began spinning off with stories and feelings that began to take to grip us and really grip us and so that's where practices like mindfulness attending to the sensations of an object like the breath or another object holding it steady as an anchor when one notices the mind beginning to weave stories about and interpret what's taking place to be able to return to that anchor as a steady state, not to achieve something, but rather to reestablish something that looking out the window and reading the news can, um, if we're not steady, can lead us uh, into a mental and emotional terrain that doesn't serve us well or, or other people for that matter. I have a question about mindfulness, really. Um, I uh, was a large participant, if you could say that, in the mindfulness club in my university. Uh, I just found it to be really helpful in terms of, you know, learning about these contemplative practices during, you know, finals week and stuff like that. Um, but one thing I've always struggled with, at least in my own life, is like uncontrollable emotions or like impulsivity and, you know, feeling certain ways and not being able to control how I manifest those ways. So I was wondering how you, not necessarily construct or instruct, but how you yourself deal with, um, through mindfulness, trying to tame those borderline hormonal reactions to things. Well, those are human reactions to things, and certainly hormones and everything fall into it. That's a wonderful question, Nori, and it certainly is one that I can relate to, and I think human beings can relate to each in our own way. So, so there are many ways of, so one, per, a person might say, well, I just want to, I'm so impulsively caught, I'm so, you know, unsettled, I so am searching for a way to feel a little better in this moment that I'm going to do something to feel better. Okay, there's many things one can do to try to feel better, and many of them are constructive and useful exercise, talking with someone, taking a nap if one can, you know, um, meditating on uh, visualization that can bring us to a more soothing environment mentally, like we go off to a waterfall. And, and there's many, many things one can do to try to say, oh, I realize that I'm caught in something. What can I do to, in some way, step a little bit away from caught? The mindfulness practice embraces that, especially as a prelude, but really says, well, here's an impulse. We'll take the impulse you're speaking, you began with. Here's an impulse. Can I find a way to raw through this impulse, right? Rather than scurry away from it to feel better, use that may be, and sometimes nest that may be, that's, uh, that's going to lead me to want to need to do that each time the impulse arises, and I'm going to revisit this again and again. But can I find a way through it? Can I be a little bit more resilient in the face of it? And this is where the hard part of mindfulness comes in, because this isn't easy. So there's a wonderful practice known as urge surfing. It's when you have an urge, an impulse. Can you learn to surf it? And what that means is you feel it coming. Up oh, here it is. It's taken hold. And like a wave, it crests, it, it gets bigger and bigger and more intense and more intense, and then it crests and then it subsides. That's the way these things tend to go. Feelings for you know, substances, feelings for interactions with people, feelings for all sorts of things that might be like not necessarily what's in our best interest in the moment. Can we stay with it? 
And so the mindfulness practice of saying, pay attention to your breath, and when you notice your mind wandering, coming back to the breath is a very helpful exercise for those moments. Because what you do when you sit and you practice paying attention to the breath, seemingly simple as that is, is you have lots of thoughts coming and going. You have lots of feelings coming and going. You've got lots of sensations in your body coming and going. That's why people find it challenging to sit because they're like, oh, this is so, I feel anxious or I feel bored or I'm restless or I have something better to do. All these thoughts, feelings, and sensations. So to practice going, whoa, look at all this going on. Let me stay in my seat is a steadying capacity that we can learn and develop so that then when we find ourselves in more challenging moments, but those can be challenging of themselves, and we realize, oh, there's these thoughts, there's these feelings, there's these sensations. Wait a minute, I've been practicing this, hold on. Let me take my seat, or if I'm standing, let me be standing, and let me go, oh, wow, look at those thoughts. I gotta have this, I gotta do this now. If I don't do this now, something bad will happen. I gotta do this now. Just a thought, just thoughts. Ah, I'm feeling like I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling anxious. Okay, feelings. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling worried. Okay, feelings. They come and they go. They're all their own little waves. Oh, sensations in the body. My heart rate's going up. There's a tension. There's a tightness. And so to actually be able to, and you can't always do this, and one has to be very compassionate to themselves, and there's many steps away from this that can be very useful. But the, the, the great courage of the mindfulness practice is to be able to take the situation that you spoke to and find a way of being steady in the midst of it, which takes an awful lot of practice. Then what happens is, is the wave crests, subsides, and we're like, ah, somehow I survived that. Now, it doesn't mean it's not going to come back the moment you start thinking about that thing again, but there was a moment where you related differently to it more skillfully, and at least it's a baby step, which could be hugely monumental in terms of where it leads to, so that the next time it arises, or something like it arises, we know that we can, in fact, stay on that surfboard and ride through it. It's a long answer to a very, very important question. Fascinating. What do you think, Nori? Last night, I got into a heated argument, as I had been, getting into with many of my friends due to the current political, you know, climate uh, and socio-political climate. And I just, you know, inadvertently got really tense, aggressive, and defensive about my own perspectives. And, you know, over time, your own opinions get fueled through anger and they become these kind of reckless thoughts. Um, and you kind of become this angry being for that time. Uh, and I just wish that I, you know, heard what Professor just said, and to just like take a step back and realize the the inevitability of the passing of these intense, you know, emotions and like just taking a breath. Because I, I happen to be a very passionate person, and uh, my passion often manifests in what some would consider aggression. Um, so. I think that's an important message for all of us to hear during this time specifically because first we have to deal with the uh, uh, coronavirus to begin with, which we still are dealing with for now. It's that plus one of the most, you know, intriguing political eras of the 21st century uh, and sociological times. So I think your message is, is inc incredibly important for this time. 
Well, I, I think your message is, because what I heard you, first of all, what I heard you say is that you were aware at some point that you were being pulled into this thing. You sort, sort of, it was inadvertent, right? Which I think is a way of saying, I wasn't, I didn't even, I didn't see it happening, right? Yeah. Having this conversation before I know it sucked in, right? Okay. So it's nice to be able to notice that in advance, which maybe you did. Noticing it isn't in and of itself going to solve the problem. We can notice ourselves getting pulled in and just keep saying what it is that we know and just because there are these competing energies. There's this energy of passion fueled by, in some ways, anger and frustration. And then there's passion fueled by justice, right? And, and equity and equality and fairness, right? And those are two, those are, those are two ways passion can, man, can manifest. And what, if, if we can tend to the anger, right? And we can notice that emotion. Um, how wonderful to have your passion, not only stay passionate, but grow, right? And grow in a way that's informed and that can really, you know, pierce into what people need to hear, the way they can respond to it. But when we become, when we sort of lose ourselves in it, it, it still is passion and people can go, wow, what a lot of passion. And it can still win the day in court and in situations because there's still kernels of wisdom in there. But it's, but it's just as destructive, it, it has destructive qualities as well. So what I heard you say is you were aware that this was happening and that you want to be more effective and that there is this passion. And so part of the mindfulness piece, Nori, is to practice in less challenging moments to be able to be there for and get to know ourselves and these thoughts and feelings and sensations. And like you said, and know that this too shall pass. But in the moments when it hits, if we don't have a game plan and we haven't been practicing that game plan, uh, you know, the game plan could be a non-mindfulness game plan. It could be just, you just click exit, right? Exit, right? If I feel that way, I'm just gonna click exit. There's a little bit of awareness and then you get out of the situation. And in Zoom world, you can do that. It's not necessarily the most useful way of resolving a conflict, but it might be a lot better than what might otherwise happen. So it's always a matter of degree, but to be able to stay with it and use your brilliance and your insight and your passion to, to help others find answers for themselves, right? That you know, or you believe to be there, but they find it for themselves. That's a real gift, which I suspect that you um, have you know, a, a great deal of. So uh, thank you for the reminder as well, Nori. Great question. Thank you, Nori. Professor, your, your, your voice is soothing in and of itself. And uh, your message is so valuable to us and to everyone that's listening to this podcast and to all the lawyers and law students that you help on a daily basis. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is really uh, <clears throat> a very valuable lesson. <clears throat> a little emotional because I love to see the interaction between you and my son. And, uh, and having been on the, on the outside of Nori's uh, occasional rage, um, I'm hoping that your words of wisdom will help him uh, find a way to control that because as a father, it's been a concern of mine because I'm concerned that this is going to interfere with his progression in life. So I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Spencer. And you know, um, there's, a, there's, a one, there's a very interesting book called um, by William Urey. Uh, one of the authors of 
Getting to Yes, a very important book in the 70s. And, I have it right here. <laughs> and the book that William Urey wrote several years later was something like dealing, getting past no, dealing with difficult people, right? Okay, getting past no. And, and in the book, one of the things he talks about is he talks about our different styles of like just retreating or attacking or just like freezing. And he talks about uh, what he calls going to the balcony. Can we find a way to go to the balcony in those moments, right? So we're there in the moment, but we find a way to go to the balcony. Now, he writes about that not as a mindfulness teacher, but as a negotiation tactic. Can you get some distance? Can you get some distance? And I like to draw upon that uh, to, to add to it. Can you get some distance and have it be mindfully informed the way of doing that? So stay in touch, Nori and Spencer. Let me know how it goes. Uh, you know, we need a world filled with courageous warriors who are wise and compassionate. Thank and you. Those are not qualities that come easy. And sometimes they're born through the fire of, 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 of challenging experiences and, 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 and lessons in life as we, as we make our way through it, whatever age we are. Thank you, Professor, so much. Thank you, Thank Nori, you. Uh, for sharing everything with us today. A very good uh, episode of the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. Uh, Nori, um, if people are interested in being a guest on our podcast, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, the best way would be to email us at trustmeamalawyerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or uh, via direct messages on our Instagram at Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks everyone for participating today. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. I certainly have. And we wish everyone to be safe and well during this very difficult time. Take care. Thank you. Bye.